Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, I'm Ellen Rohr. At Bare Bones Biz, we believe that your business can be a path to peace, prosperity, and freedom. Sound good? Great. Welcome to the Bare Bones Biz Radio Show. Hey, if you just want to make some more money, you've come to the right place too. On my show, I invite smart business builders to share success tips and tell their inspiring tales of challenge and triumph. So, saddle up, Biz Builder. The Bare Bones Biz Radio Show starts right now. Woohoo! It's Ellen Rohr, and welcome to the Blog Talk Radio Show. Our special guest is Natalie Sisson, and she is currently trying to get uh, uh, dialed in, which is really funny because we're talking about how to run your business from anywhere in the world using online tools, social media, and outsourcing. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things to get used to when it comes to online tools and working in the Internet world is that it doesn't always work. It works about 90% of the time, and when it does, it's absolutely beautiful. But what it does is it causes you to compromise. What we're going to do is uh, visit a little bit about um, social media and outsourcing and online tools while we get uh, Natalie lined up and and straightened away. What I would like to remind you about is what we've got going on at Bare Bones Biz. So if you have not yet signed up for our monthly e-zine at Bare Bones Biz, please do so. Our e-zine is available by going to barebonesbiz.com and then um, uh, at the very you know right hand side, you're going to see your email and um, uh, name. You can enter that in, and when you do so, you're going to get our top ten tips for building a rockin' business plan, which is fantastic. So um, do sign up for our top ten business planning tips, and when you do that, you're going to get our month monthly easing. Now, on this easing, I usually put a uh, a video with a role play of some sticky situation or hopefully some inspiration to help you grow your business. There's lots of essential tools and tips and checklists. All of it's free. We are here to help you expand your extraordinary business by being more profitable and by having more fun. So definitely sign up for our e-zine at um, barebonesbiz.com. Now, Natalie and I are also working on... Oh, let me try this. I am here. Hi. Hi, you are there. Oh, yay. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to announce myself. (laughs) Well, the the hand up helps, but I tried getting you on earlier, and it was staticky. But, you know, it's kind of fun because as we talk about um, online anything, it works great unless it doesn't. And then you compromise. Exactly. You, you you go under, over, around, or through. But it certainly doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, as we talk about online tools, social media, outsourcing, all these groovy things that we have nowadays, we have um, an expression around our company that we bet there's like five people in the world who really have social media and all this online stuff figured out. And we're probably the sixth person. So that even though we get intimidated and overwhelmed with all these cool tools that we have, we figure nobody else is that much further ahead of the game than we are. But one Uh of the people who is, is you. And that's why you're here today. (laughs) 
I definitely hope that I am, but I must admit, you know, Skype is one of my number one choices of tools. And pretty much every time I go to make an important call or or talk to somebody wonderful like you, it inevitably crashes. And it didn't do it this time, but um, it was no, we're on. It's a, a, it's, a, it's a little bit um, uh, staticky, but we're going for it. And you know what I like about it? We can say, yeah, baby, one of our guests called in on Skype, so we're feeling pretty <laughs> cool about that. And as you know, I have Skype, but I, I rarely successfully use it. When my son was in Italy, it was such a neat way for us to communicate. But since he's moved back stateside, I, I have been using the old uh, uh, iPhone to get in touch with him. Uh, so right. that's where we are. So, well, I'm I glad you're here. But it did give me a chance to um, uh, let folks know how they can sign up for our e-zine, which we just sent out this week and is absolutely fantastic. So do go to barebonesbiz.com and check that out. Also, now that we've got Natalie on the phone, if you go to barebonesbiz.com and you click on the radio tab, you're going to see a darling picture of Natalie. And I've got (laughs) a little – you're just so cute. And I've got a little – uh, bulleted list of things that I want to talk to you about. So if you're the kind of person that likes to have an outline, that's where the outline is. So I've got that handy, and we'll use this as kind of a, a rough way to tackle those items. I want to make sure we discuss the items that I've I've uh, bulleted there on our barebonesbiz.com radio page. So check that out if you like to kind of stay organized that way, if that helps you to listen and learn a little better. Terrific. Or just uh, um, uh, sit back and relax and enjoy the chatter. What we're going to do is visit about online tools, working from anywhere, how to use social media and outsourcing to create the, a great lifestyle, and wait till you hear about Natalie's lifestyle. I can't believe all the fantastic places <laughs> you go. It's awesome. Also, if you want to if you want to call in, you can, and the call in number is three four seven. Six three seven two two eight four. That's three four seven six three seven two two eight four. You can listen online, of course, but if you want to ask a question, calling in is the best way. And then, if you have a question, just press one, and that'll put your hand up. And that's what I didn't see earlier on yours. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm looking now. At that's great. Board. I love questions. Questions. Are okay. Great. Yes. Do ask questions because we're happy to uh, uh, be interrupted, and I'll keep an eye on the switchboard as far as uh, hands up, and you can uh, make this radio show be extra uh, helpful to you if you're brave enough to raise your hand and, and ask a specific <laughs> question. So Natalie, just be prepared we for mind. some interruptions. Hey, and one other thing I jotted down is I am super excited to be part of your upcoming program. It kicks off this week. It kicks it does. Well, the sign-up for it does, the jumping on board and getting your flight. Um, But it starts on the 1st of January, and I'm so excited to have you as part of it as well. So we can either talk about that now or at the end. But, um, yes, very excited. Well, that I was just kind of uh, I was just giving our listeners a little like heads up that we're going to be working together, and there's seven other experts plus you, and um, uh, I'm thrilled to be part of it. And I looked at the overall lineup, and I know some of these women, and I'm super excited to meet the others as we progress. And I think you did a fantastic job of lining up a business building program and giving some choices for how much help, which flight you'd like to jump in on. So. Let's just keep an eye on the on the time, and by uh, ten of okay. quarter of, let's make sure we we dive into that so folks have the information that they need. Yeah. Okay, great. You know what I worked out? You're the only expert that I haven't met in person out of that entire lineup. So I think I've done pretty well, but obviously that means you have to fly to Buenos Aires so that we can actually meet. It's the only, is that it's the where only you thing are I can now? It is. <laughs> you are. 
Oh, isn't this fun? Okay, if that isn't reason enough to be on today's call, because you just, in fact, I've got these bullet points here, but I always love asking this question. Why don't you tell me your story? Give a little Reader's Digest version of your, you know, the salient points of your history that caused you to be right here right now and sharing the kind of information that you share. Okay, cool. I'll keep it pretty brief, but I do find it my life exciting sometimes as well and have to pinch myself. So the long and short of it is I am from New Zealand but left in 2006 to live in London, England for two and a half years and then I moved to Vancouver to uh, play ultimate frisbee at the world level and started my business there. And my biz- I actually met my business partner over a plate of cheese, would you believe, um, because it was the best part of the whole networking event. And I said, I'm a homeless, unemployed bum, and I want to start my own business. And he said, we should talk. Um, and I don't quite know how that was my best pickup line ever. But essentially, we created a business. We created a Facebook application, actually, a social commerce application for Facebook. And so that was my kind of foray into the whole entrepreneurial world. And I, I loved being in the technology industry. I'm a fast learner. But I'm not particularly, you know, I'm, I'm not a geek. I'm a little bit of a geek. And, uh, you know, learn all about investments and, and business planning, as it's your forte, um, how to pitch people, all the marketing, product development, um, everything, customer testing, alpha, beta. And, uh, you know, it was a really fascinating journey for over a year and a half, and I poured my heart and soul into it. And I started my blog, Woman's World, during that time because I really was felt like I was missing out on talking to women in technology. You know, it's, it's kind of, it is actually true that there's far less women in technology than there should be. And uh, I, after a while, I loved interviewing people on my blog platform. I set it up so that I could start interviewing people. I talked about my entrepreneurial experiences. And little by little, it grew and the community grew. And I just I loved getting the feedback that I was maybe helping people, um, giving them some great insights, some good lessons. I was learning from them. They were learning from me. And before long, it, it took over as my main passion. So in April this year, I actually left the other business, uh, made, made a pretty tough decision, but left it to go full-time with my own business, my full business, I guess. Well, congratulations. um, Thank you. And, you know, if anybody ever says to you, you should probably have some backup um, savings and, uh, you know, time up your sleeve when you're starting an online business, they're very, very, it's very, very good piece of advice. But I decided to do it the hard way and and having not been paying myself in the last company as much as I normally would um, and then going into this, it's yeah, it's a fantastically challenging, wonderful year. But the result of that is I knew that all the learning and all the experiences that I had would just serve me big time in the future. And now I really feel it's starting to take off. I have a thriving um, community. I love social media. I get to coach and consult around it. And I get to do what I love most, which is traveling the world and running this business from anywhere and playing ultimate frisbee. So that's, that's so you it. Still <laughs> play, you still play ultimate frisbee? I do. I played at World's uh, Clubs earlier this year in Prague in Czech Republic and, and now here in Buenos Aires it's not unfortunately at the same level as I'm used to playing but that means that I can you know, teach people and um, join in and really improve the community here. So I have already played. I played for four hours on Saturday in the, the lightning and thunder and rain and it was awesome. <laughs> that is hilarious. I didn't know until today that you were an ultimate Frisbee player. I don't know how I, I missed that in the bio. <laughs> No, man, there's photos of me on my blog doing, I should actually probably talk about it more, but nobody really understands it. It's a, it's a passion that only the ultimate community seems to share, but it's amazing. And it, it, oh, what, I think it sounds fantastic. And, uh, you know, there's no um, right or wrong in any of this. If, if that's what you want to do, then you get to do it. And how fantastic that you have just said yes, yes, yes to the things that you want to do. And this is what's exciting about 
having your own business. You know, it can be as simple as um, this experience I had yesterday. My son is coming home at uh, for Christmas, and I said, well, I'm going to be free from the minute you get home until the minute you leave because I've scheduled my time so that I can be fully available. And he said, that's why you have your own business. And I thought, it is. <laughs> you know, it it's totally so you get is. to do what you want to do. Yeah. Be that no, you know, uh, go-to. Oh, go ahead. I, oh, apologies. Sorry, in the background. Um, I think that's you know one of the kind of myths as well is this: you can essentially run your business from anywhere at any time, um, and when you want to do it. But a lot of people get trapped into doing it all the time, twenty four seven. Like I've had my share of late nights because I love working on what I'm doing. Um, but what they're essentially setting themselves up for is a nine to five job or a a 70-hour-a-week job, not a business. And I think that's the difference. Like, it's what we're going to talk about today using online tools and outsourcing to make sure that you get to work on your business rather than in it all the time. Because otherwise, you're really not you're not running a business. Well, and I still, you know, um, so much of what we do is uh, helping uh, our, our clients, um, the, the, the folks that I work with with business planning and developing their system is to, to run, uh, to have a business that runs without you. But myself and my own business, I still have some challenges here. If I were to hit by hit, be hit by a bus, we would seriously impact the the top line of this business right now. So I'm going to learn as we we go too, because there's certain businesses that you know if you do share your own advice and your own mm-hmm. consulting and coaching as you do, how mm-hmm. can you streamline your business so that it can run without you? So let's get right exactly. into our our bullet points today. Okay. So the first one is streamlining your business so it can run without you. Now, you're a consultant. You're a coach. How can you do that without you being there all the time? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. I'm not going to say that I have all the answers yet, but what I can do is manage my time so that there's certain hours and certain days where I get to do that training um, and also people that they can contact if I'm not available to answer any questions. And so now I haven't found that's been necessary or needed because I prefer to give my personal advice, but the consulting coaching business is definitely one that is more difficult to scale. So I would say in the long term what it is is going to be aligning yourself with uh, employees or virtual staff that you trust implicitly, that you train up over time to be able to delegate some of that work to. Um, and obviously people are coming to you for your personal brand, for your advice, but there are a lot of things that I think can be transferred over that people can learn over time that you can hand off and still be focusing on the bigger picture of your business. Well, and one of the things that we started to do that has been really successful is that um, we kind of look at the offering of my services in a spectrum. So there is, you know, like today, free information that we can broadcast and record and make available to as many people as possible. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is that when I fly out and, and consult on site with one of my clients and go all super nanny on them. So that's the <laughs> other end of the spectrum. And in between, and the price goes up as you move along the, uh, as you move along the spectrum. But what we found is that Sometimes all you need is some information or a video or a radio show or something to get you off the dime and get you inspired. So that can help leverage the the FaceTime that used to be required. 
I agree. And I think as you build your business, you'll get common questions that keep coming up again and again. And for that, you can build a really handy free resource, an FAQ. You know, if this is one of your right. questions before you want to ask it, perhaps you'll find it in here. I love your idea around using videos. I think that's one of the fastest ways of learning and getting information. And also, if we're going to particularly focus in on the, you know, when it's just you and your business, um, the way to scale coaching and consulting is to do it through group coaching and consulting where possible. So, for example, right now I'm doing social media training with some clients in Vancouver, and we have six to ten people on the line that I'm showing either on screen what I'm doing or talking to them on the phone at one time. So it's a good use of my time and theirs because everybody's able to ask questions in the one learning environment. And the same with you know coaching. I think Ali Brown, whose event I attended earlier this year, she's done a really great job of saying, here's, here's your membership, your monthly coaching calls and you know the more you pay the more access to me you get but everybody still knows it's on a group level so they also allow the community to help each other so all the people within that group also get to answer each other's questions because you know it's not just one expert everybody has insight that they can bring to the table absolutely and i think that's a a fun idea and, and you know what about getting people used to this i'm i'm um I'm going to have to be like in my hundreds to be considered middle-aged anymore. (laughs) People of my generation are not as savvy. I mean, even on my team, everybody is younger than me, and I kind of have done that purposefully because, you know, my my niece who's six months old seems like she already knows how to use an iPhone. Kids are different when it comes (laughs) to using these tools. So what advice would you give to maybe some older generation folks? I mean, if you're listening on the call, you're already, uh, if you're listening (laughs) online, you're already, you know, notched up from the average bear. But I think some of the resistance... So these tools is still out there. What general advice would you give about learning to use some of these tools? Well, first off, I'd love to give a quick example. My dad is 73, and he uh-huh. uses Skype now. Like, he's a young 73, but the point is my parents weren't brought up in that generation either, and they've done... They're not particularly tech savvy at all, but they make it work with the limited number of tools that they want to use. So they learned that in order to contact me and to keep up with my life, they'd need to be on Skype. And, you know, I think it's choosing the things that you think are most important and picking one or two to become better at using them. And interestingly, another fact is, um, even though we think people who are older aren't onto it, um, the largest uptake of users on Facebook right now is the 54-year-old plus women. So I think there's kind of a bit of a myth there that people don't get the social media stuff. I think they've made the sites pretty um, increasingly easy to use. And also across the platforms, they all have similar ways of using them so that it becomes easier. Once you know one tool, for example, like Twitter, it's probably likely that you can apply it to LinkedIn or Facebook or YouTube. Um, But coming back to your question, I think the way to tackle it is to really um, look at what you want to gain out of it. Know that technology is going to keep on evolving, that these tools are going to keep on being critical and more and more important, and that you just need to pick a couple of the ones that you feel comfortable with and start applying your learning. And the biggest thing I used to say to my parents, because I think they're a great example, is that you know, unless you manage to wipe your hard drive, which is a very uh, difficult thing to do, there's nothing that you can really go wrong on these things within reason. You know, you can't, if you post an update and you didn't really mean it to go to everybody, it's not the end of the world. It may be there on the internet forever, but is it really, you know, that important that you maybe said something you didn't or you screwed up once or twice? Like, they are a learning environment and we've got to understand that we're early adopters to this technology. So if you're starting to get into it now, it's going to be much easier to to get um, used to it now than it will be for people in the future. 
and the tools are going to get easier. I think that's so important to point out, you know, the the movie uh, Social Network. I think the thing that mm-hmm. strikes people the most about that movie is that seven years ago, eight years ago, this didn't even Facebook didn't even exist. Mm. You know, my son was in college when it was introduced, and he's all he's been a little uh, miffed ever since that it was expanded beyond the edu um, uh, uh, <laughs> emails. You know, he liked it when it was college only, but this phenomenon, this is still really early adoption. Like we're the first people who got introduced to the phone, so. I think there are some overwhelming things, and it does seem like it's going to get um, messier and then probably get easier and easier. I'll tell you something, exactly. though, that, that uh, um, uh, just that I think I should share. My son won't ask me to be his Facebook friend because he just doesn't think it's appropriate for his mother to be his friend. And you know what? I totally get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true, actually. But you know what? Then he um, And I get that, too, that he could just set his privacy settings so that you don't see all his updates or his photos, <laughs> which is point. easy to do. And it is. I just wrote a blog post on that, actually, the other day. If people want to go to the website, it's the, the second most recent one, and it was called Protecting Your Private Parts on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, because I think people aren't aware of the types of ways that they can limit information to other people. You don't need to share it with absolutely everybody. So he could definitely have you as a friend, but just not show you the drunken nights out. <laughs> I don't want to know. No, he's such a good boy, too. I think he just, we're we're close <laughs> as it is, but there's just at some point he's thinking, you know, really, my mom is like, I'm going to have a party, but not invite you. And I totally get it. So, um, But let's talk about some of the the noise. It's one thing to get out there. And one of the mm-hmm. things I really love about Facebook is I feel like I am in better communication with family members, especially young family members who live across the, the, the globe. It's really fun to stay in touch. But how can we use it to attract more clients and leads and create joint ventures? Let's, let's talk in, in some uh, uh, broad and specific terms about how to do that. Okay. So I love Facebook. I still think my favorite tool is Twitter, and we can come to that in a bit, but Facebook is pretty amazing because the professional versus personal lives are starting to blur, and I like that about it because I think as we take more and more of our lives online, which is just what's happening, we have the opportunity to build ourselves personally and professionally as a brand, but still authentic and true to who we are. So once people kind of get over that, but that's not, you know, my online persona is different and they start behaving in a more real way, I think they'll be able to adapt to it better. And then in terms of how you, what I use Facebook for predominantly is I have my own personal profile. It's primarily for friends across the world so I can keep in touch with them, their updates, their photos, message them, tell them where I'm at, find out what they're doing. But increasingly I'm having more and more women entrepreneurs connect with me on there. And just coming back to that privacy, I usually will connect with them there, send a message and maybe limit some of the information so they're not privy to everything, but they can still connect with me. And now my Facebook page I love because it's organically growing. Um, the wonderful Facebook is any time somebody visits your page or becomes a fan of it, anything that they do in interacting with your page, it gets shared into their news feed, which means whichever of their friends happen to be online at the time they're doing that are going to see that in their news feed and then they're more likely to click through and say, hey, what's this woman's board or what's this bare bones biz that my friend is a, is a fan of? And that's the beauty of Facebook is that it's primarily all relationship-based. So if you're doing something, Alan, that I love, then I'm likely to jump on board and do it as well. It's personal recommendations and referrals, and that's what's so powerful about it. You know, it it is really interesting, and you start to um, uh, pay attention. I certainly pay attention to people who seem to have 
away with the phrase. Like there is a, a language developing on Twitter, particularly I think, mm-hmm. and Facebook, for sure. That those who understand the the visual appeal of words and and uh, a really snappy, really clever message will get my attention. Now I'm not the master of this yet, but I'm paying attention to how I craft a phrase on on Facebook and how I write because that seems to be something honored and respected in this particular medium. Does that make sense? It does, and I agree. And I think that's, once again, about letting go of all your fears and just being you on there. Like, um, mm-hmm. I think that you have the opportunity to say what you want within reason. People who bring humor, who bring insight, um, are really kind of more popular in these sites, which I think makes sense in everyday world. If you go to a party and somebody's standing in the corner and they're being all shy and lonely and they're being a bit miserable and you start talking to them and they're unfriendly, it's very unlikely going to go back and chat to them. Whereas you don't have to be the life of the party, but if you're sociable, open, you're engaging, you strike up conversation, you have similar interests, it's far more likely that people are going to enjoy being around you. And that's the way I kind of see it online. I don't see it as a big party, but I do see it as, um, you know, a so it's a social event. Um, and the just coming back to a couple more tips on Facebook while we're on it, um, a big one for me is I love becoming a fan of other people's pages that are relevant to what I'm doing and my kind of values in life. And the great thing is you can visit their page and you can your page like you did with mine today you can say hey I really love what you're doing on here it's at Natalie Sisson from at Woman's World and looking forward to hearing more about what you're putting up and the thing is when that's on that person's page somebody can click on that link and come back to mine so it's just it's a really nice way of cross-crediting and referencing people and I have a lot of people do that on my page I keep the privacy open entirely for that reason because I welcome women entrepreneurs to come on there and put up their business or what they're doing, you know, without making it a sales spam aspect. I welcome them to come and say what they're doing. And I think that's the whole part of the community and sharing. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, We have similar communities. It makes sense to be able to promote and um, target those people. You know, I get kind of a kick out of it, too. I think this is what attracted me to this uh, Passport to Business Freedom program that we put together is it's so world-flattening. I know that's an expression that Thomas Friedman developed, but it it makes so much sense, and I find it so attractive. I mean, it's really fun to think that, um, you know, I'm in Rogersville, Missouri. I'm outside of a town of a 1,000 people, (laughs) and you're in Buenos Aires, and and we can be, you know, communicating and and creating communities without without borders, and I think it's so exciting and, and so much fun. So I think I like your approach to just, so you make a mistake, and if you're if you're not trying to be insulting, you probably won't be insulting. Even if you're new to it, you can even see people on Facebook who are making some of the rookie mistakes, like sending to everybody when they really should just be sending to one person. But you know, it doesn't. I don't get my underwear in a bunch about it. I just think, oh, they'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. I do just have to tell one quick story because it's very funny. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but this was in the starting days of Facebook when a lady updated her status, and I hope this is appropriate for radio, and she put something. She thought she was sending it to the guy that she'd met the night before, and she said, John, it was absolutely amazing to hang out with you. You were incredible in bed, and I really liked your big blah, 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 read into it. And then she realized that she'd posted it to her wall and all her friends, of course, saw this and started commenting and going, oh my goodness, good for you, girl. You know, like, you go for it. And then 
And the next update was her going, oh, my God, oh, my God, how do I get rid of this off my wall? Please, somebody tell me. But but nobody said that to her. They just kept commenting, going, this is fantastic. Good for you for finally getting some action. And it was just this brilliant example of, you know, just being careful of your privacy and making sure you know the tool. But that was a that was a pretty phenomenal example. But I just wanted to point out it was pretty funny, but not great for her. But just, <laughs> no, and, you know, sometimes things so will happen, too. I think there's this uh, once bitten, twice shy thing that you have to just get mm-hmm. over. Um, one of our team members, this can happen. A weird post happens, and there was a porn connection, a porn link that was posted on her Facebook page, which everybody who knows her knows that that would not be okay. But mm-hmm. a like recent um, friend of hers wrote back and just said, you know, I think this is really inappropriate. And we laughed so hard about it that like that somebody actually thought she would do that. So even when that happens, would you, when you think it's the worst thing, what happens as you get into this world is it sometimes doesn't work. Even as you and I were trying to get hooked up on the the phone at the beginning of the call, what you have to drop is this idea that it's going to be as perfect or as perfect. reliable as mm-hmm. your known world. Exactly. So, and I think actually already. sometimes you can... You can really turn that to your advantage. Like uh, Toyota, a while back, they had a massive recall of all their cars, and they used social media massively effectively um, to acknowledge that. So before it got out of hand and people started complaining, they jumped on Twitter and they jumped on Facebook and they said, we're really aware of what's happened. We're um, acknowledging it. Our chief operating officer is going to be on radio to answer any of your questions at 1 p.m. later today. Um, post your questions up on our blog, etc. And, you know, it really worked for them because what they did is they took a potential uh, major problem and jumped on and made sure that it was correct, that I'm using the power of social networks. And so I sometimes think those bloopers or those things that look bad, um, if you build a strong enough community who know who you are, you actually end up getting way more support than you do criticism. Well, you know, as you mentioned that too, just as far as uh, tips for making this work for you, um, the 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 industry that I work in the most is plumbing, and then you know contracting in general, plumbing, heating, cooling, electrical. I love tradespeople, and I love helping them with their businesses. But these are, you know, more traditional industries and have been slow to adopt social media. But um, I want to give a shout out to Applewood, um, Applewood Plumbing and Heating in uh, in Denver, Colorado. They always have really appropriate Facebook posts, and they're either okay. giving a weather related uh, tip. Or they have a contest where if you spot one of our orange trucks, you get entered in a contest. Or they'll brag on, um, they do tons of great community service. They give away $1,000 a month to a, um, a, wow. a good cause in their in their market area. And so their, their Facebook posts that come across are I always get my attention because it's something relevant and interesting. And they're really cutting edge, particularly in that industry. So if you look at your industry and they're not, uh, capitalizing on social media, you absolutely want to be the first guy in there. Even mistakes and all, warts and all, jump in. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think what about what you doing shouldn't that? do? You know, give it. You know, we want to encourage folks, and we don't want to scare them away. But are there any, you know, mm-hmm. rookie mistakes or things that we would ask that uh, aren't going to help them out? Yes, <laughs> yes, and and more and more with some of the clients I've been working with lately, the thing that I see they're set up on most of the social networks, and then making the number one mistake that so many people do, and all they're doing is pushing information. So they're posting their blog articles, which you should do. They're posting their latest news. They're posting everything about them, which is wonderful, but there's nothing in between that helps other people to interact. So there's no questions to their community. There's no sharing of other information from other sites that's relevant. 
there's no talking about their clients or their customers or their community on their sites. And so the number one thing I think that you can do is adopt the ratio of, I kind of adopt a one to ten or three to ten ratio of one or three things that I talk about are to do with me and seven or nine of the other are about other people. Um, because people, you know, they want to learn about you, but they don't just want to hear about you all the time. So that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making. Well, oh, one of the Michelle, biggest I hope Michelle is listening because I'm I'm totally breaking that. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I mean, too. within reason. That's okay, I'm my glad I'm here. I, you know, this is one of the reasons you said you like to interview people. I so love this too because then I get you on the phone for an hour and I just learn something. So that like just totally hit me like a ton of bricks. So that makes sense, and I've noticed that some of my friends are doing things like asking questions, and they're getting a really nice little interchange. I'll participate in those, but it would be nice if I were actually uh, playing a, a little bit more in that arena. That makes tons of sense to me. And so if yeah. you've got and a question, second- go ahead and raise your hand. You can press um, number one on your keypad if you've called in. And we've got a, a, a totally lit up switchboard, which is fun. I'm so glad this is a popular topic today. If, you've, uh, uh, if you're listening on the Internet, go ahead and call in 347-637-2284 if you'd like to ask a question. And if you're online already, just press number one and I'll uh, pay attention to the switchboard. So that's a lot of fun. What's another, what's another thing that another you thing should do that, or should um, do? I love being able to tell people is to go and find your community. I think a lot of people get started on these sites and, you know, they maybe they are doing the right things. They're starting to ask questions, but they're not getting any reply. And I just say, don't get disheartened because it takes time. Like, I think I had my Facebook page for three months asking questions before anybody replied. And I was like, mm-hmm. finally, somebody. And, and, you know, there's still days sometimes when you put something up there and you think it's great and nobody interacts. And you're like, huh, where are all these people? But what you've got to realize is there's a massive amount of media out there, a lot of information they're trying to consume. And so you need to go to them and remind them that you're there and why they should be interested and how you can help them and what you're doing and what they're doing. So you need to reach out on Twitter and use search.twitter.com to find people with relevant keywords to what you're talking about. So if your expertise is accountancy, you need to go to search.twitter.com, type in accountancy, type in financials, and see who comes up in the stream that's talking about that. Then scan down that information and go, huh, that person's got an accounting question or that person's saying that they really hate accountants. You can jump in and start talking to them, convince them, change their mind, just strike up a relationship. Same on Facebook. Go to these other pages. Um, you know, look at who the fans are of the page. See if they're relevant to what you're doing. Reach out and connect with them. Same on LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn Answers. See what questions people are asking about, for example, accountancy once again, and then jump on and offer your point of view and your advice. And after a while, what happens is people start to go, you know what, that person was really useful. I'm going to go and look them up. I might talk to them about my friends. I might even ask them some questions. How I might even do business with them. So it's about reaching out constantly and going out to your community and finding them. Then they're not going to come to you straight away. Well, that brings up the issue of, you know, between LinkedIn and Plaxo and um, Twitter and Facebook and, you know, a, a dwindling uh, MySpace, I guess. What do you do with all of these? I know there are some tools that uh, cross-pollinate, but how do you decide which ones you're going to do and when does it get to be too much? Okay, so what I preach, and I, I think this is totally right, it's the one thing that I'm completely solid and 
confident in my abilities is there are five main tools that have been proven to be the best business tools right now. And this is from research at Social Media Examiner and other such sites um, who are huge authorities in social media. Um, so by far and away, the top five tools that you can look to use, or at least two or three of them, are Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and a blog, a business blog. And within that, you know, just focus on becoming um, an authority or getting really good at using two to three of those tools. You do not need to use all of them. You might be excellent on video and that may appeal to your market. For other people, it may have no place at the moment, although I do think video is very important. But pick a couple of those tools and really just become a master in them. Use them consistently and cross-pollinate. Um, one of my favorite all-time tools, and I don't know if you use it, is Hootsuite. It's actually a company that is in Vancouver, which is even cooler because that's where I was. And it essentially started out like TweetDeck and that you could update your um, tweets, you could send your tweets across to LinkedIn, to Facebook page, to your personal page, um, to your Twitter, multiple Twitter profiles. And what I love about it is it's essentially just one place where you can do all of that. You can also put your RSS feeds from your blog in and it will automatically send them out. So it's a, a real great time-saving device. On top of that, you can create lists um, and have them streaming down in these lovely kind of tabs so you can keep an eye on the conversation without going crazy about what you're supposed to be keeping up with. You can obviously do all your normal tweeting and messaging, um, but also you can uh, create keyword tabs as well. So if I want to look up entrepreneurs or women or travel, I can see a constant stream of that happening. And from that respect, it's kind of like my one portal that I love to recommend to people. Um, initially, it looks over after a while. It's like, huh, every single thing is in this one place. It allows you to save time and, um, you know, kind of delegate a lot of what you're doing. Now, um, I'm from, now one of the challenges I had with that, because I was using TweetDeck before, is that... Mm -hmm. I would end up because we've we've got these things kind of already cross pollinating. I would mm -hmm. send it out too many times. So yes. I guess you just have to kind of figure out where it all is going. How do you spell Toot Sweet? It probably has a clever spelling to oh, it. Oh, that's a good. Point. It's Hoot H O O T, and then it's Sweet S U I T E dot com. So the word Hoot Sweet. It's actually a little owl. Is um, uh, you know, it's all okay. related Hoot to Hoot Sweet. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying toot sweet, and, like right away. Oh, no, sorry. Toot, <laughs> toot, like an owl. Okay. Clearly can't do a great owl impersonation. Um, yes, I agree with you. For example, I have um, a widget on my blog that sends out my latest blog to stumble upon, and also Google picks it up, so it goes out as a Google shortener. And then on top of that, I have network blogs linked to my Facebook page, which all might sound a little bit confusing, but it's a very good widget to use to put your blog feed out onto your page. And so whenever I post something, there's three tweets that go out automatically. And I actually don't worry about that anymore because tweets in the scheme of things are basically on somebody's screen for a matter of seconds or less than a minute. So if three things go out at once, but they're all the same message, I'm not too bothered about it. I can refine it, but the point is they're all set up for different systems and they're going out to other websites. So just, yeah, you do want to minimize what you're repeating, but in the scheme of things, if it's not blatantly selling things and spamming people, I think people are more forgiving of messages. And I well, certainly I know a couple of, sorry, just a very oh. influential people out there who will, you know, update across seven networks at once. And the point is their audience sits across all of those different networks and they are able to reach them all in one hit. 
Well, so the way I'm seeing this is it's like we've just added new things like radio and television with Twitter. That Twitter almost seems like a radio station to me. And that mm-hmm. you can listen or look in and, and, you know, depending on who you subscribe to, what kind of voices come across. But how do we, you know, without blatantly selling all the time, how do we monetize this and how do we turn this from, you know, just communicating and, hey, what's up, to where's the connection? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great question. I think primarily for me, all these social media sites give me, one, exposure, two, a platform, three, the ability to start building relationships, four, the credibility that people will then come back to me and start looking into what I do, and then five, the opportunity to turn those relationships into clients. So it is, Okay, it's I a, think that makes sales. sense. Yeah, yeah, I just came up with that. It's pretty good, huh? But that's kind of how I view it. And you've also got to look at, you know, the more they see you and trust you and like what you're putting out there, they start to respect what you're doing. And if they're interested in aligns with what they want in life right now and the kind of services and products that they're looking for, then you will start to be the number one choice for them because of the interactions that you've had. And as I said, you have to view it as a long-term relationship. Nobody calls you up on the phone these days and says, hey, buy my stuff, um, <laughs> without right. having built a relationship first. Okay, so we've got these. Um, relationship building, which is what good marketing is anyway. So we've got relationship yep. building tools. Let's segue into um, now actually working and uh, outsourcing and getting things done. So you've encouraged people to, to uh, get to know you, and they go to your website, and they see that you've got some services. Now let's talk about outsourcing. I went to a, a seminar by Laura Longmeyer. Do you know who she is? Uh, it sounds familiar. She is fantastic. I love her. But one of the things she said at her <laughs> seminar that was great is if you want to uh, grow a business, how many people you know in the audience work all by themselves and all these hands go up? And she said, okay, the first thing you have to do is hire a cleaning lady. Because if you can't, or a cleaning person, that was kind of sexist. But if you can't manage a cleaning person, then really, what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. So outsourcing is really important because this is how you're going to grow. You have to be able to get someone to do something for you. So let's talk about how you use outsourcing and some advice for, for growing uh, a virtual business and getting others to give you a hand. Definitely. I think it's it's fascinating and it's amazing and it's going to allow us to just do so much more with our businesses as we move more and more online. Um, and first of all, I would recommend that people read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, mm, which basically love talks it, love about, it, love I'm it. sure you've read it. Yeah, working I've read it like 10 business. times. It's my favorite, favorite it's business book. And, um, you know, a couple of people against what he preaches, but essentially what he's saying is if 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 you have a business that has great systems in place, you can work on it rather than in it 24-7. Now, don't get me wrong. I love working in my business, but I also need time out to look at where I'm taking it and how I want to expand it and what else I want to do. And I can't do that if I'm doing every single thing in my business from um, answering emails to phone calls to doing my invoicing accounting and working on the high-level strategy. So why I find outsourcing really useful is if you look at how much your hour is worth to you, what you would charge out to your clients or customers. Uh, Let's say it's $100 an hour and you can source somebody who is an expert in what they do, has great skills for $10 an hour, then that's like a no-brainer. And I think the biggest thing is initially delegating and letting go of what you think is your baby. So you you kind of want to keep control of everything. I think people who run their business are generally control freaks in some respect. And once you get past that and you realize that it's actually probably going to save you more time, it's going to free up time, it's going to probably save you money, 
then outsourcing is a fantastic way to go. And like anything, um, you know, it just takes time for you to find the right people uh, that you can train up and have the right skills to basically become partners in your business with you. I view it that way as well. Um, but you know, so you don't have thing, to. You don't have to ever meet them. These can be virtual people. Now, my team is all virtual, exactly. although sometimes we we live really close to each other. They're, I just love um, <laughs> moms of small kids because they're just so good at everything. And so yeah. um, I found fantastic women who want to. And John, no offense, John. John doesn't have kids yet, but you know, it's fun. We all like working at home, and yet. We actually force ourselves to to meet because we love each other so much in person, but we never all come to the office. There's no need. Exactly. It's fantastic. And you know what I think? That's the thing. You can still have personal relationships and work with people through using tools like Skype. You know, video is really powerful. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. in the same room. And some um, some people are... Sorry, just got interrupted and stopped my train of thought. Some people actually... Uh, work better by being on video and if they're in an office together they might not ever even walk into each other's office and say hello um, the second thing about outsourcing is you can have people from around the world working in different time zones that are helping you run your business when you're sleeping um, and also you, know, you with that you cross some cultural boundaries and difficulties but I don't think it's any different than hiring people and having them come into your team and work in your office the great thing about it is there's no travel time involved there's very little overhead or cost a lot of these tools are and they're not having to, as I said, travel back and forth to the office and you're not paying them for that. You're also not paying their health care, their insurance, their holiday time. You're literally just paying them for the work that you need done. Um, in terms of where, with the kind of things that you can outsource, you could start out by having a virtual assistant to help you with some of your email work, doing some of your research, setting up interviews for things like this. Obviously, you've got Michelle's great. Um, just taking away some of the stuff that really is, is not something that you should be handling on a daily basis. You can outsource web design, website development, um, graphic design, uh, you know, ebooks. You can ask people to write blog content for you. And the only thing that I probably would suggest not outsourcing is your personal interactions on social media. So you can have people scheduling some stuff out, finding great links to talk about and share, but when it comes to replying to people and talking to them, I think that should always be done by you or somebody. I think think that's important too. If you want to develop an authentic voice out there, so we do, we've taken that advice to heart and that's a lot of fun, and I just try and be the one piece of it is my voice. Everything else I try and figure out how I can have John and Michelle and, and Shauna set it up so that I just have to swoop in and do the actual copy. And that, exactly. that makes a, yeah. a world of difference. Or, you know, to do the actual consulting or the radio show. Or, you know, like today, I'm just like, okay, where are we exactly. supposed to be at five minutes of? Which is pretty darn fun. And you get a lot more done that way as you start to outsource. I'm a big outsourcer, and I think it's a lot of fun. What are some good resources if you're new to this? What are some specific mm-hmm. sites or advice about outsourcing, um, especially virtual outsourcing? Yeah, that's actually that's a really good point about sites. I don't often go to websites to read about it. I just tend to, like, do. But one of my, um, and I can probably send you some for after this call, but one of my favorite sites that I use is Odesk, literally O and then desk.com, and it's a, a virtual outsourcing platform with people around the world, world who want work to be done and people who are looking for work. And what I like about it is everybody has their resume online, they have their ratings, they have their language levels, their skill levels. You can basically just post a job opening and get a whole lot of responses back that you can then go through and choose to interview 
interview those people virtually online and through email, whatever you'd like, and um, and then start using them as a contractor. And they track they track their timesheets and their working diary, and you can actually see what they're working on so that you can make sure it's not wasteful. Um, so that's one great site, and you get people ranging from two or three dollars an hour up to a hundred, depending on what you're asking for. And one of my biggest, um, I guess, words of advice is. You, you pay for what you get, so if, don't always choose the cheapest option. Um, no, generally, no. you know, find somebody who has great quality skills and start to train them and build up that relationship, and then they'll be with you for life, and you'll have an amazing resource. Um, and also, I think a few people have an issue with paying people so little, but it, it's just it's part of the way of the world now. These people, where depending on where they're based around the world, like I use people in, in the US and Canada as well. But the point is, for a lot of these people, the money that you are paying them, which might seem very low to you, is actually a significant amount of money for them. And they have a great opportunity to work with international people and um, upskill. So once you get over that, <laughs> it um, is, you well, can it really is so, again, exciting that, you know, especially if you can level the playing field and flatten the world and we can communicate this way, that you can work on per-project basis. You, you know, you don't have to just hire somebody full-time. And I think that that is... Exactly particularly in the U.S. and maybe other other um, countries who have a similar work, you know, traditional work structure, it's it's hard to get over this idea that you can hire someone on a per-project basis, that you never have to necessarily meet with them, that they'll never leave a, a half a, a dish of oatmeal in the in the sink. It's so <laughs> nice. To, uh, it's amazing. So, so uh, on, um, we've got a, a couple a couple minutes left. One of the um, I want to um, just touch on this point, and then let's um, talk about passport to freedom. But um, <laughs> as far as working virtually, I think one of the cool things about growing your business this way is it does force you to document, put things in writing, use procedures. Maybe more so than if you could just holler across the office and say, "Hey, would you do this for me?" So how do you leave the exactly. office and stay in touch and stay in charge? So uh, maybe give a, a couple of um, virtual management tips here. Because there's a number of different tools um, I think that you can set in place. One thing I think for anybody considering outsourcing is right now in your business, whenever you're doing sort of a task that you think you'd like to outsource, start writing not copious notes, but some really great details on how you do it because that will form the basis of your kind of training document for these people mm -hmm. when it comes around to delegating it to them. Um, in terms of staying in touch with virtual uh, workers around the world, one, I think Skype is one of the handiest free-to-install programs, essentially anybody free who's on Skype or it's a very low cost for calling phone numbers. Plus, you have the opportunity to video um, with people, which is always more personal, and instant message depending on their language abilities. Um, a second couple of tools that I really love using are Google Docs. Once again, mm -hmm. it's free. You can put up spreadsheets and Word forms, and everybody can be working on it at similar times, and it's all updated in real time and accessible. And as I said, it's free. So those are two great tools. And then uh, there's a really neat product suite from 37 Signals, and they've created some project management tools, some content relationship management tools. And a lot of these have a free trial for 30 days. So um, what I'd love doing is testing out these tools, for example, Basecamp and HiRise, and seeing mm -hmm. how my kind of virtual team or the few people that I do take on work with them. And over time, you just you realize that you'll create your own systems that work for you. I don't think you always have to be paying for software, but as your team goes larger, you may want to upscale to some more, um, I guess, meaty software programs that will help you out with that. But there's still a number of programs 
um, that will allow you to work on things like Teamly, really, really simple, free concept, T-E-A-M.com. You put in your tasks for the week. You can assign tasks to other people, and it just gives you updates and emails saying, hey, you haven't done this yet. This is your task for the week, and it also gives them the task to do. So just some really simple tools that I think make it easier for you to work across boundaries. You know, that, that makes timeline. me laugh because... As we're, we're as we're talking, this this is the this is what I would do. I would delegate to one of my team members to go check those things out and tell me what tell me what they like. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You don't have to. You know, you can you can delegate that. There are these tools. We use um, Microsoft Exchange and Outlook, and and we stay in touch that way by inviting each other to, to um, uh, meetings and then um, uh, keeping a common. Um, calendar and uh, and uh, contact list, which has just been hugely helpful and a really simple tool. I mean, most every PC user yeah. has Outlook, and now iBook yeah. or I, uh, Mac has the iCalendar platform, and that's really mm-hmm. easy. So there are tools you probably already have on your computer that can help you get started. But I do like that yes, it forces right. you to document things, and that's going to yes. help you grow your business, according to Michael yes. Gerber and the E-Myth, right? Mm-hmm. And some hey, people may should. say straight off that that takes up more time, but the point is you save time in the future. Absolutely. Oh, we're mm-hmm. on the same page. And let's talk about what we have to offer now. I mm-hmm. am super excited to be part of the Passport to Freedom. Freedom is our key word at, at Bear Bones mm-hmm. Biz, and it's certainly what attracted me to you is this idea that a business of your own that's profitable, that's lucrative, creates freedom, expands peace, prosperity, and freedom across the planet. And so that's Indeed. really... It, it, it's what made me say, hey, let's pay attention to Natalie. And so why don't you share, uh, give us a, a, an overview of what's going on, and then I'm going to make sure that my uh, Facebook friends and pan, uh, my fan page likers are going to uh, hear all about it. But go ahead and let us know what, what okay. we're in for. So essentially it's called Passport to Business Freedom, just to let you know as well, but I know you know that. And I essentially have managed to get eight experts, including yourself, very excited, yes. who all offer different expertise across growing a business. So it's for people who already have a business but really haven't seen, been seeing great results. They want to take off in 2011. They want to know how to create more freedom, streamline their business, and uh, essentially make more money without doing all the things that they've been doing so far that haven't been getting them those results. So mm-hmm. I did, I've done a lot of surveying of my community. I speak to a lot of women entrepreneurs. And the main areas they always struggle with are business planning. You know, They might have even been in business for two or three years and they never really put a business plan together. If you don't have one, you don't know where you're going. Second is around you know, raising capital and financing yourself. How do you make sure you're paying yourself what you're worth and can expand your business beyond you? Woo-hoo. We're going to be looking at... Um, yeah, we're going to be looking at branding because branding is hugely important and, you know, it's something that I think keeps on evolving and people are always trying to do. So we've got a branding expert to talk to you about creating your message, how you can brand yourself personally and professionally online and with your business. Uh, we're going to be looking at outsourcing even further with the lovely Marin Kate um, and, and talking about prices that you should be paying and, and where to find virtual workers. We're going to be looking at how to keep yourself healthy because one of the other things I find so important is if you are a business owner and you're not yet delegating and you're running around like a crazy chicken with your head cut off, you're probably not looking after your health, you don't have the most uh, you know, amazing energy that you could do, the clarity of mind to really keep going and push your business to the next level. I'm excited about that. And Me too. Uh, that's, also, that's so important. Yeah. 
And a couple more things we've got, um, how to create really great joint ventures and collaborations because once you have your business up in place and you have a great business model, you can expand it even further by aligning with um, and strategizing with like-minded people who are doing great things, which is partly what this program is to show you how that expands your business. You get access to everybody's network and their expertise and you can offer even more to your clients and customers. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, and I'm just trying to think quickly. Oh, there's one more in there, and I'm missing it because there's so many. Oh, PR. Okay, so you oh, kind of I basically the whole program is set up to take you from getting your business plan in place, looking at your financing and how you can scale it, looking at your branding and marketing, your PR and social media, and then going down that once you've got that place, how do you outsource it? How do you do all those wonderful things? How do you create a great website that leads to more sales and attracts more clients and then finally how do you manage all that by staying healthy that's it in a nutshell and it's all online <laughs> yes lovely group that is like a forum there's going to be interactive video there's going to be audio and there's going to be like workbooks that are going to take you further it happens over eight weeks with eight women and you develop a million dollar mindset and you start off january 2011 with a bang Yay! And I'll be there. I'm so excited. Okay, so is there a website set up yet? Can, there, um, well, can, there is. There's What they can do right now is they can go to womansworld.com, so W-O-M-A-N-Z world.com. So it's for guys as well, but mainly women. And the blog, the, the homepage that you come to right now has my latest blog on it. And in that blog at the bottom of the page, there's you put your details in and you'll get first access and information on when everything goes live that you can sign up for it. Because I would love, love, love for women who are really wanting to change their game up in 2011 and invest in themselves to partake in it. And we'll be alerting you if you're a friend of mine or if you like my fan page, then uh, we'll be uh, sending out some information about this too. I'm really excited and I'm excited to explore not only the information but the delivery of the information because we can make it so accessible and so affordable to you. So we're glad to, 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 to do it. I'm so stoked to kick that off. So thanks for asking to be part of your team. <laughs> you're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you there. Yay. I feel honored. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. So um, at Bare Bones Biz, we're all about expanding peace, prosperity, and freedom. So you can see that Natalie is just a, a terrific partner choice for us. And we're so glad that you joined us for the radio show. And I'm so so glad that I got you connected. I don't know what I was doing earlier, but I doubt that this was a technological issue, and I'm pretty sure it was the, the person behind the mouse. Are you the heiress? We'll help you through that. Yeah. You're coming on a passport to business freedom. It's good. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks Any so parting words for us before we wrap up today? No, but people should ask questions. Questions are good. And if they want to, they can um, come find me on Twitter as well and ask me any questions that they didn't want to put their hand up to on this call. And let's um, um, let's make sure that I'm pronouncing your last name properly. Mm-hmm. How it's, is it well, pronounced? I, I, call it, I call it, I call my last name Sisson. I like it when they French say it because it's Sisson, but it's uh, S-I-S-S-O-N, yes. Not so Sisson or Sisson? May we? Okay. All right. Well, I will do my best to uh, pronounce it properly. And Natalie, thank you so much for your your help today and uh, and your inspiration. You know, I think the the most exciting part about this call is that you skyped in from Buenos Aires. That is so fantastic. So have a great time. Throw a few frisbees for me. And uh, thanks, everybody. So um, I'm going to wrap this call up. You can uh, listen in again. You can go to barebonesbiz.com and click on the radio show to find out information or go to Blog Talk Radio. 
forward blogtalkradio.com forward slash bare bones biz. And this interview will be there and all sorts of great, smart people. I'm so honored to have Natalie join a rocking list of business experts. And uh, so go check out our, our prior radio too. Well, I think we're going to just end the show right now and let you go. Love, love, love to you. And uh, keep me posted as we kick off the event, Natalie. And I'll let you all go. Thanks, everybody. Oh, no, we're out of time. Thanks to my super smart guest, and thank you for joining us. You can listen in again at blogtalkradio.com slash barebonesbiz. So down with the ball and chain of 20-hour workdays and piles of debt. Make some money. Fix and grow your own extraordinary business. And until next time, this is Ellen. I wish you love, peace, prosperity, and freedom.